Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com Featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith Not just a profile picture For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com And the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website Is ready to help single Catholics take the next step In sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics Remember, CatholicSingles.com For faith, fellowship, and love CMF Curo is the country's first Catholic healthcare ministry to provide an affordable health sharing solution rooted in Catholic teaching and community. Learn more at mycatholichealthcare.com. That's mycatholichealthcare.com. CMF Curo, healthcare fully alive. Well, howdy, everybody. This is John Michael. Do you know that there are different kinds of musical styles? Yeah. And there are different spiritualities in our life. We're going to take a look at that. Come back and join me. All things are possible with God. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back. This is John Michael. We're looking at the Master Musician in the All Things Are Possible with God program. And right now, we're looking at our response to the grace of God. Keep in mind, keep in mind, we must not only receive God's grace, we have to respond. And we respond not to God's grace, we respond in God's grace. For He gives us both to will and to do of His goodwill. So when you, if you even have that desire in your heart, that spark to want to serve God, a lot of people wonder, oh, I don't know if the, if the grace of God is at work in my life. If you even want to serve God, grace is already at work. How about that? Isn't that cool? So we're going to be talking about our responses. Now we're going to be looking today at different musical styles. There's all kinds of music. All kinds of music. There's not just one kind of music. And we respond to God in different ways. There are different styles of music. So we're going to be going through those things. I want to start with the simple one. Classical, let's take a look at folk music. Sometimes classical musicians kind of turn up their nose at classical, oh, those little ignorant musicians. No, some of the greatest classical composers have based their symphonies, entire movements, on folk songs and folk melodies. Folk melodies. Now, this, is, this really gets down to this whole thing. You know, there's musicians and musicologists. There are those who make the music, and then there are the music critics. Well, the same thing is true in the church. There are those who follow Jesus, who love Jesus, and then there are those who are theological critics. And all they do is analyze the externals of a saint, the external of a person who's really on fire for Christ. And often they're very, very critical. Now, a good critic serves a role. We need music critics and movie critics. That's all okay. But sometimes, see, 
they miss the point. If you were to ask them to make music, if you were to ask them to make a movie, ask them to write a book, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. So we have to make sure that we have not only the form of godliness, but we need to know the power of God in our life. This is really cool. St. Tim- Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.5. He says, They make a pretense of religion, but deny its power. Having the form of godliness, but denying its power. Well, the, the Greek word is morphosis, or where we get morphing, that's form. Godliness is Eusebia, where we get, you heard of Eusebius, the great church father? That's godliness. And power is dunamis. Dunamis, it sounds like dynamite, doesn't it? See, when you have the power of God in your life, bang, the explosion of the Holy Spirit is going off in your soul. And you're changed. You're changed. You're changed from the inside out. See, from the inside out. I don't know about you guys. Do you ever feel a little spiritually backed up? <laughs> I was, I was, I'm doing this taping at, at uh, WordNet Studios, and I was meeting with Father Mike Manning a little earlier. And I said I watched some, some videos of me when I was younger. And man, I look backed up. I was just so uptight and so, you know, full of myself and trying to be so correct. And when I got older, I don't take myself very seriously anymore. I take God really seriously. But not me. I'm just a bozo on this bus. <laughs> I'm just a clown for Jesus, see? And what happens is when you have the power of God in your life, it bang, it unclogs the log jam and the rivers of living water begin to flow in your life. Again, and then an amazing transformation happens. I didn't know this could happen. I became happy. (laughs) Imagine that. Everybody thought John Michael was contemplative and walked around on a cloud and, you know, and was serious all the time, talked like this. No, suddenly, bang, I let go of the old self and I got happy. So, with music, we need not only (laughs) music critics... We need musicians, and we need to know the power of the Spirit in our life so that we can make God's music, God's music. Well, let's look a little bit at church music. A lot of people kind of overlook this. There were two, we, we get our Christian music, of course, from the Jewish faith and also from the Greek experience. So in the temple... And we we looked at this in earlier programs. There were temple singers, and there were trumpeters, and drummers, and those who played cymbals, and lyres. Man, oh man, it it was a musical expression. And when they sang, it called down the cloud of the presence of God, the mystical presence of God, because those who sing pray twice. How cool. The synagogue was less musical. It was more word-oriented. So they used very little music. Now, the Christian worship 
we get most of our worship, if you look at the history of liturgy and the history of the Mass, most of our worship goes back to the synagogue service, plus the sacrifice of the Eucharist, a bit of the temple, but it's mainly synagogue. When Jewish people become Catholic, they go, well, this is like our synagogue service. They see a lot of similarities. Now, as the church moved out of the Jewish world into the Greek world, the Hellenized world, well, the the Greeks had this high, developed spirituality of the metaphysics of sound and the metaphysics of music. So the church moved from this kind of uh, completed synagogue service into the Greek world, and then they had to kind of balance. How much of the Greek world do we use? How much of the secular music and secular ideology do we incorporate? So the church tended, in the early days, to be a little uptight about this. I always tell musicians in the church, look, we call them the music wars. What kind of music? Oh, we only want traditional. Oh, we only need contemporary. Oh, we only want hymns with great theological lyrics. We have all, we call them the music wars. They're not new. They were going on in the early church. So here's how it kind of developed. In the East, they tend to sing more hymns augmented by the Psalms. And in the West, we tended to sing more psalms augmented by hymns. Hymns were more creative and they were more embellished. So in the West, we tended to go with psalms, which were very plain, augmented by hymns. But don't get the wrong idea. Don't get the idea that they didn't sing in the early church. In the early church, they sang, baby. Ambrose, when they were being persecuted, when the soldiers came in to persecute and kill the Christians, they found Ambrose, the great bishop, sitting on the floor of the cathedral, surrounded by his people, and they were singing hymns. Wow. St. Augustine is also cautious about music, but we know that in the early cathedral in Hippo, they sang so loudly that you could hear them to the outskirts of the city. Today we can't even hear you singing in the narthex. (laughs) Back then they sang so loud. And this is what happens today in Africa, in India, in Latin America, where the church is alive. It's only us Westerners, huh? us Anglos, that are all so happy for Jesus. (laughs) So we have to learn how to sing again. We have to learn how to sing. And it said that they sang in the spirit in Augustine's cathedral. They would sing vowel sounds without words. And they would sing melodies without any written melodies at all. You know what they were doing, folks? They were singing in the Spirit. Alleluia. Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. So music in the church is really important. Come back. We're going to take a look at the different musical styles and the spiritualities they represent. All things are possible with God.
creation in classical order, rhyme and reason move up and down. All of the universe in perfect orbit, moving around and around. And some of the music moves like this together. Notes in order move up and down. All of the harmonies fitting together for resolution in sound. Not in confusion, but in the order of love. The mind and heart in harmony, bringing peace and inspiration. A God of perfect order, not a God of dissonance. A liphony counterpoint in perfect harmony, bringing the rhythm to dancing. Well, howdy, everybody. This is John Michael. Welcome back. We're taking a look at the master musician and our response to the grace of God on how we begin to make music. And we're looking at different musical styles in, in the history of the church and how that represents different spiritualities for us. Well, let's start with primitive and ancient music. You know, we Westerners, we tend to think, you know, that that our concept of music is the concept of music. Wrong! Music as we think of music is only about two or three hundred years old. Before that, singing a psalm sometimes meant reciting a psalm. And in the early days of the church, they used modes, not keys, not minor, not major. Eight different modes in Gregorian chant alone, evoking all kinds of different emotional responses, each mode evoking a mood, each mode evoking a mood. So not only have we grown, not only have we, as it were, evolved or developed, we've also degenerated. We've gained great things in our modern understanding of music and spirituality. We've also lost some things. So let's start with primitive and ancient music. Primitive and ancient music has this amazing capacity to touch the soul. And most people, you know, you can find it if you look for it now. We've tried to reproduce it. We're talking about Byzantine music, Gregorian chant, really from about the year 500 to 1430. And Gregorian chant used a melody and eight modes. Again, the, for take for instance, we would call it the Dorian mode or the key of D, man, that's, that's a deep mode. It deep and it touches things. And then we got into polyphony. Polyphony, if you think of, for instance, 
the, the masses of Palestrina. That's polyphony. Suddenly they discovered that they could take more than one melody and move them together. Now, it's not modern harmony. It's, it's, it's moving. Each melody is moving, and they sound great together, and they even hit periods where it's a dissonance, and it kind of crosses your eyes. <laughs> well, this is wonderful polyphony. It's not stacked, root, third, fifth, seventh, ninth, and so on. It's, it's moving melodies that sing together. This really, really captures something wonderful, doesn't it? So now we move into the patristic era. <clears throat> and we really can look at, say, for instance, Renaissance music. This is the music of Handel or Vivaldi in early Renaissance, 1430 to 1600. Baroque would be, say, for instance, Mozart, 1500 to 1790. Classical music is really the 18th and 19th centuries. We're looking at people like Beethoven. Here is where music makes a jump from being primitive, very colorful, very unpredictable, and sometimes a little illogical. Classical music is where we make the jump into logic. And, and this is not unlike, too, the scholastic eras, where our theology, our understanding of God was very logical. Everything made sense. Everything was in perfect order, perfect proportion. So, listen now. Just listen to this. Hear it? Everything is in order. So, that's pretty cool. In the scholastic theology, though, scholastic spirituality, we gain something because God is logical. The Pythagoreans thought God was mathematical. But we also lose something of the unpredictability of God, of the mystery of God, of the constant motion of God. See, So we gain something and we also lose something. We need to keep the notion of mystery along with order. Now we move to the Romantic period. 1803 to 1900, this would be moving from Beethoven to Borodine or Tchaikovsky to Bruckner to Mahler to Wagner. Wagner. And what they were doing is they were rediscovering the heart. They realized that in the early classical period, it had gotten a little cold, a little mathematical. So the Romantics wanted to go back and find the heart. Same thing with us. We sometimes get a little too cold a little too logical. We live in our head and we have to rediscover the heart of our spirituality. But romantic music is melodramatic. That can be like us too. Kind of the saccharine, sweet spirituality, a heavy devotionalism where you go, oh, come on, come on. Because it, it sounds like, you know, they always play uh, romantic type music for instance, under the cartoons. Remember Snidely Whiplash? <laughs> you know, trying to kill the girl and then they would save the girl. Well, they, they played devotional, as it were, romantic music under that stuff because it was somewhat comical. 
Sometimes our spirituality is so devotional, so sugar-coated, so saccharine, so sweet, that it's almost comical. Well, next comes Impressionism. This is from 1890 to 1920. We're really modern now. This would be Debussy, Ravel, Respighi, Foray. Let's take a moment and just listen. Now, do you hear it? What we see is in Impressionism, it's based on the notion that you throw a rock into a pond and the ripples go out and they don't resolve. Modern music always resolved back to a tonic, to the bass note. Impressionism goes out. They were trying to capture God's music in creation. Sometimes God writes not with straight lines and right angles and squares. Sometimes God writes with squiggles and curls. And they're whimsical and they're beautiful. See? So this is what we have to discover in our spirituality as well. So there's also minimalism. Minimalism is brand new. <clears throat> it's really current. It's Stephen Reich, John Adams. It's the music you heard in the movie Kundan about the Dalai Lama. What it is, it's a fast repeat of notes. And it's meant to mimic the white lines that come at us when we drive on a highway. Boom, 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 boom. And if you start looking at the lines, you're going to get nervous. If you, if you start looking out here, here's the white line repeating, there's the line over there, and you're moving and you're jerking the car around trying to stay in your lane, the way you deal with it is you look out straight to the horizon and you go with the flow. And those repetitions actually become a beautiful flowing meditation. And then lastly we get to meditational music. In meditational music, it's not only the note that's important, it's the space between the notes. Sometimes God's music is best heard in silence. Jesus is not many words. Jesus is one word. The logos, the word incarnate. Jesus is the one note, the one word. Wow. So you have to learn how to be still, how to hear not only the note, but the space between the note. You have to hear not only what's said, but you have to hear the silence between the words. Sometimes that's where God's homily is. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? So we've kind of covered it a lot in this little program. We have <coughs> folk music, which is very simple. We move into ancient music, primitive music. We move then into polyphony. Then we move into classical music in all its forms. The early, the ancient, the classical, the romantic, impressionism, minimalism, and then lastly, meditational music. What music are you today? Your music may change from day to day. It may ebb and flow as you go through your life. Let's pray. Jesus, you be our note. You be our word. You bring us the diversity 
of the rich, wonderful music you want to make in our life. And may we respond and share in bringing your music to a world of discord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. If you prayed that, Jesus is going to surprise you. He's going to touch your life. He's going to make music out of you. I love you guys. All things are possible with God. stands before the orchestra poised with baton in hand and the notes lie silent on the pages of the score waiting to be played by the band and the spirit of a symphony Composer waits in notes upon the pages, and the knowledge and the skill of the conductor unlocks right interpretation. The conductor knows the whole orchestra. As each player knows the instrument he plays And with wisdom calling for performances That surpassed by the former days And he knows when to fiercely command Like a captain with his soldiers And he knows when to be gentle as a lamb, like a lover with his beloved. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough Vehicle at caneford.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at woodhillcommunitycenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit toyotaonnicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington. Home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com